A life spent in barrels, hiding from arrows of pharaohs. The dreams I buried with robot fingers, they linger. Who's rusty? I'm rusty. You are now going off with RC and Muse. First up on the show this week, we have got Hatful of Hollow by the Smiths, requested by Dr. Goatman back to save going off once again. Here they come. The, the goat man <laughs> signal in the sky. The call was answered, and this time it was in the form of a B-Sides compilation by the Smiths. Yeah. Like, granddaddies of what 90s kid emo kind of would be. Morrissey was like the Gerard Way of MCR... Of his time, the questionable sexuality, heartthrob, singing his singing his fucking ass off, talking about wanting to die all the time. Oh, so much emotions. Morrissey is where the cliche of what emo singer, <laughs> emo lyrics, uh, came from to the point where. It's 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 almost funny at times at how emo it is, <laughs> like unabashedly because there isn't that like time at this point for there to be that self awarenessness. So it's just that raw emotionality coming out, you know. Like I think one of my <laughs> it's funny before I ever listened to the Smiths, my introduction to them was a friend of mine. Uh, reciting the lyrics to me, and unfortunately the song wasn't on the album, but the lyrics go as follows. And if a double-decker bus crashes into us, to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. And if a tent and trap kills the both of us, to die by your side, well, the pleasure, the privilege is mine. We've got a compilation we're reviewing here, but it's right after the debut, so yeah, it's essentially... The B-sides to the singles from the first album, you got some live recordings of some songs from the first album, and you've also got a couple tracks that would eventually go on to be on other albums, but they're little sneak previews, I guess. Yeah, because, like, I saw this, and at first it said, like, oh, compilation, so I'm thinking... Oh, this must be a best of album of their stuff or something like that. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, from 1984. I was like, huh, uh, wait, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Was like, that seems sooner than you would expect a compilation album. What's going on here? It's very <laughs> weird how it's so, it's so much content too. Yeah, like 15 tracks. Yeah, that's why I thought even more was a compilation. It's like, okay, this looks like like an hour-long track. It's got the big hit single that I recognize in there. You know what I mean? We're not going to get the uh, snapshot of them in time, but okay, we're going to get like the best of their stuff. And, you know, I hadn't listened to them before. I legit, like, it wasn't until you had brought it up when uh, I brought up this album where I'd made the connection of Morrissey being the guy from this band. Yeah. Because <laughs> my brain was just like, I remember hearing Morrissey, and I could swear I remember hearing, like, you know, it's like, I guess it's like, you know, there's a similar emo. God sound at that time, right? But no, that is very specifically him. Just so the Kanye West fans don't jump down my throat here, <laughs> I should give the forward that we normally give with Kanye that we are very <clears throat> well aware that Morrissey has, since 84, uh, just shown his ass way, oh, way too much. And we're aware <laughs> of how big of a piece of shit he is today. But 
it a lot of it doesn't really come across in in this music per yeah. se. And the way that it like kind of does is interesting. Like like now that you have told me that about him, like I th- I hear certain songs that goes like, "Huh, this like totally does feel like, you know, the angry young man in Britain who's like getting through his feelings and no one's there to talk to him about it and maybe it causes him to lash out at, you know, maybe women and minorities in certain ways, you know, like later on down the line, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. I, I don't want to draw too many comparisons to big bands to piss people off here, but you know how, like, in the 60s, the Beatles were, like, a, the uh, again, in hindsight, the most tame form of, like, rebellion to oh, of course, yeah. what pop culture was at the time? I guess we could say more like the Rolling Stones, because they had, like, the leather jackets and they were more of the rough-around-the-edges mm-hmm. types. They fit the bill a little, you know, of the aesthetic, yeah. Yeah, they, they were the more rugged types, the fucking mods. And mm-hmm. it was like a counterculture of the stuck-in-their-ways Britain. I don't exactly know his sexuality, uh, what he would refer to himself as, but there is a good bit of uh, homoeroticism on this album. Definitely. <laughs> RC, I'm going to throw it over to you because I'm going to say it. You've already touched on it. I would say Morrissey falls into the camp of the Randy Newmans, the Danny Browns, the mm. the um the what is it acquired taste of vocal yes. styling whether you like the way he sings or you find it absolutely obnoxious where do you stand you know i actually really enjoy it and i think it's so because it fits like so into like everything about what's happening in the song in these songs feel like they are in service of you know just letting you know exactly how this sad boy feels, right? Like, showing you all the peaks and valleys of his emotions, and there are a lot of valleys, you know? Um, and so, like, as I listen to it, yeah, it's like, he has that very specific, like, cold, like, timbre to him, you know what I mean? It's, it's uber melodramatic sad boy, but his vocal delivery sells it in so many of these tracks, and on top of that, I think it's, like, just because, like, specifically in the 80s, there, uh, there's certain, um, 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 what do you call it? Just studio things, studio tricks that they're doing at this time, where it's just like, oh yeah, this is the 80s, this guy has this type of voice, we're putting this reverb on it, where it has this very cold, chilling sound, so it like adds on top of it, you know, like, so he has this cold timbre, you know, and then the vocal, and then he has these specific vocal lines that he has, you know, in the same way that we talk about the millennial whoop and how that's like in a certain area, I feel like there's certain like melodies he has, where it's just like, it's not exactly that melody from that last song, but it's like right in that, like right in that little part right there of, you know, his voice, you know what I mean? Cool to the touch aesthetic of his musical styling. And it's just this very, like, very specific sound where it's just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could have this all day, mm. but it so fits what he's doing that it's just like, huh, I get this from track to track. Now, it doesn't necessarily work on, like, every single track, because mm. there's one or two tracks where, um, like I said, you know, it, these guys are still a little rough around the edges, and I feel like there's some tracks where they're, like, still kind of experimenting, but it's like, yeah, there's that feel of, like, huh, why was that part there? That didn't kind of fit with this, mm. you know? But um, I definitely do hear, like, a, a certain craft to their sound that they have at, at this point, where they're like, okay, we know what we do and what our sound sounds like. And there will be these moments, like, you know, we talk about him being very emotional, and it's like, you know, 
it has like sad boy lyrics, but then it'll go to like a weirdly violent place in yeah. a way that I feel like I don't hear in other songs. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. That the, which is the first song I feel like I really heard from them, and it, it, it's like the song where you listen to it's like yeah, it sounds like someone who's really in his feelings and really sad, and then they're talking about like wants to punch someone in the eye, like it's just like for someone who sounds as like you know, quiet, reserved, sad boy who's just, like, shirking away in the corner. But then to bring up the specific idea of punching someone in the eye, like, that 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 anger that's there, you know what I mean? Underneath the sadness is so, like, palatable. Starting off with the first track, William, It Was Really Nothing, a song that threw me the fuck off because at first, like, I was just trying to figure out what was happening because I was like... You know, at first I'm like, oh, you know, maybe this might be about a gay relationship, or maybe it's supposed to be, a, you know, sung from the perspective of the woman. You know, hey, you know, people do that in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. And then you find out it's actually like it's about a relationship between two men and a woman. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, God damn it, how was I supposed to figure that out? <laughs> we got some fucking uh, Igor, Tyler the Creator, shit going oh, yeah. on here. The the guy on the outside looking in as the jealous, jilted lover as. Right. As the the guy he pines for is is with a woman and oh Morrissey. He he's so he's so offended that the guy chose a fat woman of 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 all things. <laughs> oh, you picked a woman over me and she's fat too? Oh no, wow. what is young Morrissey to do? You catty son of a bitch. <laughs> Lashing out. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's very interesting. Um the the language he chooses on the album and I think, I think it's funny. We focus, and I think a lot of people focus on Morrissey while this band is fucking great. Like, the musicality mm. of, of the, of the other members of the group are so fucking on point. And while the John Peel, uh, session live recordings, while in my opinion, as someone who's heard the album versions, aren't all as good one thing i was able to pick up on that is very different that i definitely appreciated was how noticeable in the mix the fucking bass guitar was on so many of these songs was just cutting through that you could hear so fucking much of the bass and i was absolutely here for that but on those tracks you lose a little bit of morrissey's uh intensity uh, vocally that you would get on the album. Like on, um, this charming man specifically, um, album version. I love that track. Uh, the live version here is way more toned down, way more reserved. And I guess you're going for a different aesthetic there, but for me, it doesn't sell the song as much. But then there's songs like you mentioned signatures, fucking how soon is now, which They've uh, referred to, and I would agree, their most enduring uh, single in that I think it's the one you really hear most often these days. Maybe not the almost seven-minute version of it, because it does go on for quite a while. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it needs to be seven minutes, but it's such a fucking vibe. And the... And the... There's such iconic riffs that... I, it's a fucking mood, and I'm here for it. But Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now is definitely a high-rated song for me, too. Definitely one of the higher ones. Yeah, no, that was that was one of the, like, top-rated songs on the joint. Um, just every now and then, like, there'll be a lyric in here where it's just, like, something just a little, like, 
you know, stronger than you would expect the average song to be about. Mm. I don't know, like, how to say it. Like, in the song, like, he has this one lyric where he says, like, you shut your mouth. How can you say I go about things the wrong way? It's just so, like, you can tell he's in the middle of a conversation and truly offended by something that someone said. You know what I mean? I love how conversational the lyrics can be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right? You feel like you're in a fucking scene with a lot of these songs, especially at times where he'll speed up the cadence of what he's saying. So it really does sound like he's just illustrating, like, a moment you know what I mean? And this fucking hook hits the I'm human and I need to be loved just like anybody else does. Oh, that shit fucking pops. Yeah. <laughs> the So many of these songs you can picture crying teenagers in their rooms. Oh, yes. Singing along to this shit, <laughs> screaming along to who they were getting in the same arguments with. Right. Oh, so fucking appropriate for that teenage angst. My God. And just to, just to like, like I said, uh, just to show you how he set the scene, this one lyric where he says, uh, there's a club if you'd like to go, you could meet somebody who really loves you, so you go and you stand on your own, and you leave on your own, and you go home and you cry and you want to die. <laughs> and it's so like, oh my god, it's so quintessential emo. It's moments like that where I can't help but just be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parties are stupid. <laughs> I think those. I think the song I got the lowest rating for overall ended up being uh, "What Difference Does It Make?" Only because yeah. after William, it was really nothing. It's so. I don't know. It doesn't. It offers the least to me in the sense of mm-hmm. it's a lot simpler musically. It's a very straightforward track. Morrissey yeah. is very kind of more monotone than usual on that one, except for for whatever reason. He does this really high-pitched singing oh. at the end of it. Oh, I like and, that. And I've never heard this motherfucker do that before. And I really <laughs> wish I hadn't, because it just comes out of nowhere. And I'm just like, ew, yeah. no, totally I didn't need that. Fit, but I was fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's that? who does that other song, uh, Friday I'm In Love? Is that The Cure? That's The Cure, yeah. And at the end of that song, he randomly goes like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is this thing of like these evil kids in, in, in their 80s songs feeling the need to go falsetto at the end? <laughs> he does it on the album version of This Charming Man, and he doesn't do it oh, yeah. in the live version. And I'm like, oh man, I'm missing that shit. I'm missing the fucking hoop, the hooping and hollering. <laughs> what some might refer to or some might consider to be like, overly poetic for the sake of it lyrics mm-hmm. like in this charming man where it, it it paints a very interesting picture with the lyrics that are chosen here like um a punctured bicycle on a hillside desolate like the picture that paints immediately right. of just like what the fuck is going on here you got this guy on the side of the road and he, his bicycle wheels popped and someone else pulls up in a car next to him and, like, offers him a lift, we can go out, and he tries to flirt with him a little bit. But just the fucking, the lyric, I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. Like, oh yes, the lyrics shows that I haven't got a stitch to wear. The guy says, it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. Like, no one, no one, no one, no one talks like this but it sounds so good it doesn't matter like i've never heard anyone talk like this no one flirts like this how aggressively horny handsome devil is oh my god and when we're in your scullery room 
Who will swallow whom, you handsome devil? Let me get my hands on your mammary glands. Oh, and let me get glands. your head on the conjugal, conjugal bed. bed. Wow! <laughs> Fuck, Morrissey! <laughs> Jesus! Hey, boy! God damn! Not, not one to mince words. Holy shit! Mammary glands. Mammary glands. Like, like the least sexy way to refer. To yes, but it's like, but hey, th- then but, it, it leaves the door open. Of is it just like a guy's like peck, mm. or is it a woman's breath? Like it, it leaves that door open. It could be either one. And you hear the sexual hunger in it either way, oh, you know God. what I mean? Just through the saying it, you know? <laughs> so much of this was ahead of its time and challenging. I saw Wikipedia bring up um, the song Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Mm. And how that song was kind of in the same vein of the, you know, uh, relax, don't do it, when you want to come. And the music video was right. so overtly sexual that they had to, like pull the one they provided and they had to shoot like a whole nother one because MTV refused to air it because it was like a BDSM gay sex club. I remember that like I remember having that feeling of like hearing that song one time and then hearing it another time and not like you know like you expect rap songs to be censored but you don't expect like pop songs to be censored so I'll hear like a a version of the song and be like relax don't do it when you want to come and I'll hear it and I'm thinking nothing of it and then later on I hear it like relax don't do it don't do it relax don't and I'm just like wait isn't that supposed to be a huh you know but I don't expect a pop song to be edited like that so like my brain just goes like maybe that lyric just wasn't there and I just thought it was or you know like maybe it's in the extended version (laughs) I've never in my life heard an edited version of Relax but every time I hear it I'm always amazed that it's not censored Right. It's like, are we just going to ignore that that's not the lyric there? Like yeah, the, the way he's saying it? Yeah, we're all just going to turn to blind eye and go, oh, no, no, that's not that. It's way more innocent than that, you see. Fucking Still Ill. I love that track, too. Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Uh, Still Ill, I didn't enjoy as much. It, it just felt like um, there was a rough tumble chugging to it, and the harmonica blues at the beginning just felt like oddly detracted from the rest of the song. Mm, I really liked the harmonica solo, especially at the end. I thought it added something different. I didn't not enjoy it. It just felt weird transitioning from that to what was happening in the rest of the song for Mm. some reason. It just threw me off. Um, And they're also like, so, you know, you're bringing up the point about him being, uh, uh, you know, a voice for, you know, the youth of the time. And also, I feel like that relates to, like, work and stuff like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Young working... Yeah, yeah, young working men. And, like, the lyrics that, that'll constantly be brought up, like, on this song, even though I didn't uh, like it as much as Still Ill, th- there's a lyric on there um, where he says, well, <laughs> first of all, the first song, the first lyric I saw was, again, this super overdramatic, ask me why and I'll die. Ask me why, oh, ask me why and I'll die. <laughs> but uh, I remember the first verse is, ask me why and I'll spit in your eye. And then yeah, after that, that was the thing. I love how first verse He's so, he's so angsty. He's so edgy. Oh, don't, don't fuck with that guy. He'll spit in your eye. Then like right. a minute later, don't ask him. He'll fucking die. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, will, he will be so unable to con- uh, to confront anyone that he'll just crumble into himself and die. <laughs> like, just what? turn to dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I love because you bring up the aggression and so much of it is like, you don't know how much of it to really take seriously and how much yeah. of it is just, like, bullshit bravado. 
And uh, what's the lyric afterwards? Oh yeah, and if you must go to work tomorrow, well, if I were you, I wouldn't bother. For there are brighter sides to life, and I should know because I've seen them, but not too often. <laughs> no, of course. I, I don't want to make people think I'm too hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought you were going to point out, I was looking for a job, and then I found a job, oh. and heaven knows I'm miserable now. <laughs> like, employment? Oh, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah, hearing that song and then coming to this album with other lyrics also bringing up things like that and then getting to this song again, yeah, where, where he brings that up and I'm just like, oh my god, like, these motherfuckers were fucking pissed off. There were no unions, I can tell. <laughs> and, okay, and, and this is the thing, though, about uh, Heaven Knows a Miserable Now, right? So... Uh, uh, you know, each, each lyric is kind of him talking about, again, it's so overdramatic. Two lovers intertwined, pass me by. And, and you can just see him putting the hand over his, uh, over the front of his oh, face going, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. <laughs> Morrissey's got to shield his pasty face from the world around him. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just a nonstop barrage of happiness and cheer that Morrissey just cannot be bothered to witness. I really love that one lyric. They're like, in my life, oh, why do I give valuable time to people who don't care if I live or die? Oh. <laughs> that fucking hits. It's a fucking mood. <laughs> it really fucking is. <laughs> um, but then there's the one lyric that I wanted to get to where it's like, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. Because he goes like, what she asked of me at the end of the day, Caligula would have blushed. <laughs> Again, the fucking over the top, Caligula would have blushed. And God damn. I'm pretty sure that Caligula movie just came out a couple years ago. So motherfuckers know what he's talking about. <laughs> I can't picture Morrissey going to the movie theater and watching Caligula. But, right? I mean, if he did... Or maybe someone just told him about it? I don't know. Or maybe, you know, he's just a nerd and, you know, he knows these things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm trying to figure out what the scenario is, right? Oh, yeah. Like, what she asked of me, did it? Caligula would have blood. Oh, did she want, you know, like, you know, I don't know, ATM? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what are we talking? But then the next lyric is her saying, Oh, you've been in the house too long, she said. And I naturally fled. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> the idea of, like, wait, so how bad was this thing if her saying, hey, you've been in the house a little too long, let's go for a walk, and you just fucking did that fucking cartoon. The Morrissey-shaped dust cloud <laughs> as he bursts through a hole in the wall. <laughs> this compilation through, I guess, the nature of it being so early and not really being a best of, per se, it's just basically a holdover for the next album. It's kind of a grab bag for me of some very interesting songs, some not so interesting songs. Like, mm. I really like the groove on You've Got Everything Now, but then songs like mm. Accept Yourself and Girl Afraid, mm. except for the surf rock on Girl Afraid. I actually, the surf uh. rock guitar, mm -hmm. th that fucking stood out and really set it apart. But like, I wasn't, like, I, th I thought that was, I thought this was a stretch, how he would start verses with, girl afraid and then at the end it said boy afraid and yeah. it was supposed to sound like girlfriend i'm i don't see that morrissey was that what he was going no that was fucking a, yeah a fucking portman too i <laughs> don't think that did you say that out loud did you hear yourself say that because it does not sound like that 
at least when I was listening to it, like, it felt like a character piece about two people. You know, maybe they went on a date and they didn't realize, like, maybe they weren't really for each other. Or maybe they, like, they had sex, they got gotten to that point, and they're in that awkward moment where, like, oh, we didn't really enjoy this or something like that. Like, that's what I was kind of think I was getting from it. You know what I mean? How about the most straightforward uh, contextual track? Um, the Night Has Opened My Eyes oh, about a one. woman who's just left with a child and how miserable the child makes her. Oh, okay. See, I thought that one was about abortion. I, I don't know. It seems like she went through with it, but I don't know. Huh. Could, um, uh, I'll have to look into that. You might be right, too. The dream has gone, but the baby is real. Oh, you did a good thing. She could have been a poet. She could have been a fool. I thought it was oh. like, this is what she could. Like, she could have been good, or she could have, like, had a bad life. And then, like, oh, you did a bad thing, and I'm not happy, and I'm not sad. And it was, like, this weird thing where it's just, like, it oddly doesn't feel judgmental. It just feels like he's trying to figure out how he feels about it. When I heard the she could have been, she could have been, I took that as a what the mom could have been if she wasn't oh. weighed down with the responsibility of a newborn. Overall, I walked away with a three and a half. What did you end up with? I give it a four. I think Ooh. it's, you know, for, for, again, like for this type of, like, and you know, it's not necessarily my thing, but like as, like, it's not my like, you know, this is the genre that I'm in. I'm not in emo, mm. you know what I mean? But as someone who is like getting a taste of it, or at least like 80s emo, you know, like, I mean, of course I fuck with like the shit of like the 2000s because that, that shit just feels like the water of your time, you know what I mean? Where you just yeah. like, oh yeah, what, the My Chemical Romance? Sure, I'll listen to that. You know what I mean? Like, um. But yeah, I wasn't like in in them in them like that. But like hearing like getting the chance to hear like what '80s emo sounded like the sort of like what, what would you even call it like the proto emo really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is kind of before it's like really it's still just kind of like new wave. You would kind of call it at this point, wouldn't you? It's interesting that Wikipedia would consider it pop music, and huh. to to picture pop music being this sad. Is yeah. such an interesting concept to me. Like, I <laughs> guess it's kind of that way now, too, but in yeah. a different way. Like, for a while, there are songs on the radio. I mean, just recently, the number one song in the country, fucking Driver's License. Right. Is If that's not a fucking emo pop song, I don't know what is. True, true, very true. But it's the delivery, I guess, because Morrissey's, yeah, it is like a new wave uh, pop rock aesthetic, I guess, like, not too different than what The Cure was doing at the time, but not as gloomy, I guess. I, I guess The Cure was a bit more gloomy. It gives you the reason to come back and listen to it again, because you're like, you know, like, oh, maybe I do feel that way. Wait a minute now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, it lets you enjoy it on a, just as a, as a vibe, instrumentally. But then if you go through and read along with the lyrics, it's a very different experience. So I definitely appreciate it on that level. Moving on to Bad Religion, the yeah. Age of Unreason, requested by Bunker King. And with mm. both of these being listener-requested album reviews, I wanted to take this opportunity to say if there is an album that you would like to hear us talk about on the show, head on over to our Kofi. that is K-O-F-I, dot com slash going off this g-o-i-n-o-f-f what you know about bad religion uh well basically close to nothing actually like uh concerning this actual band like i remember like i remember seeing the logo 
uh, when I was looking up this week and be like, oh, is this the band that like all the, you know, goth kids like got the logo for? Because, you know, the cross, but crossed out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so like that uh, fucking, what you call it? Hot topic aesthetic. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this logo is right up there. Is like the B-side, the little brother to the Dead Kennedys logo. Wait, Very recognizable, logo? the the DK in the circle um, of that genre, I guess. But seeing as how you don't need to know what band it's connected to, the bad religion symbol can transcend that, and people who don't know anything about the band can, I guess, find some appreciation with it. Back in oh, the... I've seen this logo before. Yeah, the day oh, yeah. I just saw. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I listened to Bad Religion a good bit. A lot of the early albums, and somewhere along the line, I fell off. But I went back and I listened to their uh, 2013 album. I think it was True North, their last uh, full-length album when it came out, and my expectations were pretty low. But only because they've been around for so fucking long and. The last couple albums I heard from them weren't as good as the first ones. And I was blown away by True North. I thought that album was like, wow, holy shit, a real uh, return to form here. Mm. Uh... Oh. <laughs> oh. I hear it. <laughs> I didn't like it. RC, oh, I didn't like it. Um, okay, so we, oh. yeah, we, might, we might come to loggerheads. Because, <laughs> oh, you know what? When I first listened to this, okay, so I decided to listen to their first song, uh, you know, I mean, the first song that I, like, could be like, oh, what's their big hit song? It was the American Jesus, right? Oh, yeah, rail against the government, you know, or, you know, the the religion that's pushed on on us to, you know, make us accept, you know, da-da-da, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing? And it was such, like, a rudimentary, like, oh, of course you make this song, you know, like... I think I dropped off before then, I might have, because... Mm -hmm. I'm going to piss some people off with this, but I think if you listen to one Bad Religion album, you've just about heard them all. Yeah, that's the, what it uh, kind of sounded like as I was listening to that. The, <laughs> punk rock, the punk rock genre, as an aesthetic, gets a bad rap of being the same three chords over and over, all the songs sound the same, and there are a lot of bands that break that mold and are able to do something different. And if you do listen to the first couple Bad Religion albums, they do have a fairly uh, unique sound. It's still the same sound in 2021, which I'll give the lead singer the fact that he doesn't sound like he aged a fucking day. I'll give him that. Weirdly enough, they are frozen in amber. They <laughs> this fucking sound, man. <laughs> There's a lot I would have wanted. I was about to say I don't know what I wanted, but no. There are a few things that I listened to this and were glaring issues. First off, before this album came out in 2018 to tide uh, people over, they released a song called The Kids Are Alt- Right? Oh, oh, okay. See, uh, yeah, you, you know, see, they, they're trying to stay political. You they, see they, what they did? Oh, they got their ear to the streets, you know? <laughs> and boy, is it fucking garbage. Um, It's really bad. And I was like, oh no. I really hope that's not what the album's like. And 
the album isn't as bad as yeah. the kids are all right. But uh. let me just say this. As a band who makes it their thing to be very up on things, very, um, I'm sure you picked up on this, reading along to the lyrics, that they do pride themselves of having a bit more of a, uh, wider vocabulary than your, than oh, your usual. Very fucking much so. They try to be the, <laughs> the thinking fun. man's, uh, <laughs> punk group here and, so they took six years to perfect. They didn't want to put out anything subpar. They wanted to make an album oh. worth waiting for. Oh, they didn't want to put out no bullshit. And you're this deep into the Trump presidency, okay? Yeah, 2019 when this 2019! <laughs> One of the more laughable uh, takes when Trump got elected was, oh, well, this is going to do great things for punk rock. Uh, We're going to hear better punk rock than we've heard uh, since since the Bush days. We're, <laughs> we're going to hear such great punk rock, and honestly, we fucking didn't. Um, not since, like, Reagan was president do you really get as much good political-driven, uh, like, fucking really with a lot of bite. Mm. This album, goddamn, like... You throw, like, alternative facts. People don't know what's oh true God. anymore. Okay. Kids in cages. <laughs> That's it. That's the thing. It's like, okay, uh, so going back to it, I heard the American Jesus song, right? I'm like, okay, that's what this band does. They're like, we're getting in your face about politics. But there's just, like, there's just an energy that doesn't seem to be being necessarily matched by, like, the topics, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, God, they're just, no. <laughs> they're just weirdly, so oddly, like, under energy for what they're talking about. It's so strange. Like, but <laughs> if, if you want to do the, uh, f fucking harmonies, the fucking la-la, uh, fucking California, late 80s punk rock stuff, you can't be singing about heavy topics like this, because... Yeah, it just sounds like you're uninterested, honestly. And so, but here's the thing, like, I felt, like, the exact same energy that I felt in American Jesus, where I was like, good political message, but this music is kind of drab, but I guess it fits in with what the 90s would sound like, so, you know, I can't get too mad at it, because on the MTV radio, you know, I mean, on MTV, if you're watching like, all these music videos, you're going to see a bunch of videos you know, with songs that sound exactly like this, but here's a song that sounds exactly like this. It actually has some some message to it. So hey, you know, you would enjoy it on that basis. But when you pluck it out of that context, and here's a whole album full of that exact same aesthetic, it's just like, hmm. You know, I, I and like I feel I still want to appreciate what you're doing, but I can't act like I'm not noticing the fact that all of these songs sound the same. Yeah. And so, like, now, now, at first, when I first listened to this album, I actually wasn't feeling it, like, that much at all. Like, it was, like, that feeling of just, like, oh, okay. Oh, and oh, my God. The first half of this album definitely does not feel as uh, uh, good as the other half. Because the oh. first half feels especially, like, they're just front-loading the best. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, so, the word clapter comes to mind when I listen to the first half of this album, especially that idea of like, we're saying the ideas that are right. And so that means you have to like this song. You know what I'm oh. saying? 
uh, one lyric in particular, uh, In My Sanity. That was the song that was the most, I had my fucking, like, okay, Boomer, all right, you're, you're with it, you're hip, you know what I mean? Like, you're here with the, oh, he's like, oh, in these days and times, all we have is our sanity. And it was just the, like, it's not that you can't have a politically in-your-face message, right? Because I like System of a Down, but... Like, there has to be a rage to that. So that when these lyrics hit you, it's so, like, <clears throat> with it. You know what I'm saying? But when yeah. he has the lyric, like, uh, when you swore to be true, our bed was belief, but all turned into facts, snuck in like a thief. Just the way it's so just, like, bonk-headedly, like, so rock simple with how it's presented. It's just like, okay, I get it. You know? My sanity... So, like, Ended up getting the lowest rating of the album. Oh, absolutely. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, have you ever heard the song, uh, Al Gore Lives on My Street? <laughs> the big line that makes everyone go, woo! You know what I'm saying? Because he agrees with you. Here's the clapter line. And even though he won the popular vote, Al Gore lives on my street. Right? Oh. So, you know, uh, you get it? Because like, oh, the guy who should have won is uh, still in a normal house. You know, is that... So it's with that reaction that you had the uh, it's like yeah i get it oh you know? of, of <laughs> course who can forget it's monkey bowl who <laughs> the the group who seriously that's the only song they have on genius and they don't even have a group picture monkey bowl everyone remembers monkey bowl i thought you're about to fucking say the dude from that uh the character from that movie with uh uh uh, uh brendan fraser <laughs> Monkey oh, bone, you know the, the monkey bone, of course. <laughs> He's fucking around and decided to write a political song. Like, okay, was this an actual song or was this just like a, like a <clears throat> YouTube or whatever? I guess predating YouTube. Like, think, was this yeah, just a parody think- thing? It might have been a thing where, like, you know, that he just performed it and someone, like, had recorded it, you know, but, like, okay. it was, like, at a rally or something like that, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but, I agree yeah, with it, you, though. This first half is garbage. Oh, Chaos man. from Within to... Do the paranoid style. <laughs> I it, it picks up a little bit with End of History yeah. and Age of Unreason. But right. goddamn, Candidate is another punch in the fucking gut. What, another one where I was like, do you mean in a good way or in a bad way? Candidate was garbage. I hated that track. Okay, yeah. Where it's like Fuck so no. rock simple. We're like, get it? I, oh, in the build up. I am your candidate. You get the social commentary. His fucking delivery on this album really was make or break. And it's so annoying to me, too, on a personal level, the production on this album. The vocals mm. are so forward in the fucking mix. I You're don't right. understand why. They're so fucking prominent. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't <laughs> need to hear this, this fucking older punk rock guy. You know, like, let it fucking just be, man. It's so fucking in your face. I, I couldn't, I wasn't here for that. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you uh, from that mixing perspective. Yeah, you nailed uh, right down what it was. Because, like, there's moments where it feels like the music should be flying. And, yeah. you know, there's times where, like, you know, you can hear the music and the words, but the music is so good. Ah, you don't really need to hear the words, you know? And it feels like they don't let that happen because it's like, no, 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 turn the lyrics up. They need to hear what's going on, <laughs> you know? Um, the, the, first yeah. track I, the first track I have written down is just, no. Is uh do the paranoid uh, yeah, that was so style? Whack. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, hey, oh, you, let's you jump around to the renegade sound right, of the paranoid the style. Sound. Hey, get, get upside down! What? <laughs> 
hey, kids on the right and left, do you Stop feel just, do you hey, feel no dispossessed? Kids. If you're on the left or the right, I feel your pain tonight. So shake <clears> off reality. It's easy as you please. Soon everyone is dancing. Conspiratorial. Oh my god. Conspiratorially. No. <laughs> Look. Stop. I get it. <laughs> um. The shoehorned, uh, thesaurus words. So much, right? <laughs> there's one song where he rhymes something, he rhymes seal with zeal. Yeah, and, and it was a thing where I thought he had already said zeal. So I thought the first word he said was zeal. And so when I hear zeal again, I'm like, wait, so, so, uh, and it's like in the moment it felt like I got the, this is way more pretentious than it needed to be. <laughs> and like, it's okay to use these big words, right? But there's yeah. there's songs that sound weird sung, especially when you end a fucking line with zeal. Like yeah, the the <sighs> delivery is like stretched out over certain words. Yeah, where it's like you, this word shouldn't have been stretched out. And then no. there's other times where like you know how you do the thing where uh okay so tranquility and mm. uh what's another word that like ends with E, but, like, yeah. there's, like, five other syllables that, you know, don't sound in any way similar to it. Like, there's so much of that rhyming style, like, you know, the Wyclef Jean rhyming style, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the last syllable rhymed, so I don't need to do any other work with, the, you know? Because isn't it so amazing that I put these two words together, even though they don't sound in any way similar except for the last syllable? Like, is that thing constantly going on in a lot of these songs? There are definitely some awkward moments with yeah. the singing, and I mean... It is their 17th album, so I mean, <laughs> right. they've been at it, but, like, I don't think this, at, at, at one point, quintessential groups really has much more to offer. Like, mm. time has passed them by, style-wise. Style-wise, most definitely. Absolutely. And, like, it sounds dated already, uh, just by sounding like it's fucking 91 again. Like, and just not offering anything new in form of any kind of commentary, anything, nothing that no one else is saying, no take from a group that you would expect them to have some kind of input. Like, well, what do they got to say? And it's the same shit. Yeah, there's like one or two moments which was like, oh, that's kind of a clever, but it's not in the same capacity that you should be expecting with each song that... It, you know, these are punk rock songs. These are short and should be hitting you really hard. You know what I mean? With each track, you know? Um, and like you said, like, musically, yeah, like, I could only see this working for, hmm, if you've got a, you know, 40-year-old uncle on Facebook and he's not listening to, you know, the more progressive voices online, so maybe you show him this album it's like, hey, don't you remember the 90s? Yeah, isn't that nice? But let's tell you, let's get you up to date on politics. Like, that's the only purpose I can see this album serving. You know, to help your, uh, uh, you know, slightly turning, uh, well, showing himself as racist online uncle. That's the only thing I can see that as. And it fits that noise of like, oh, Oh, yeah, this music sounds very non-threatening. It doesn't have too many bloops and bleeps in it. Yes, this is this is what music should have sounded like forever, right? <laughs> you know, like... My favorite chunk of the album, and it feels like a slap in the face, Faces of Grief mm. is what I was looking for. Right. It's way faster, way more aggressive, and even it's kind of awkward lyrically. You're it's right. more yeah. of the style what I was looking for, and of course, it's a minute. Uh, yep. <laughs> then, but 
It does go into my other, my, <laughs> my favorite song on the album, Old Regime. Oh, which yes. still has some opportunities, but compared to the rest of the album, Old Regime, I think, is the best song, hands down. Right, because it, it, there comes a certain point where you're just like, all right, you don't necessarily need to, like, you know, give me the big Give me the thing that makes me feel the emotion of what you're trying to say, right? Like, yep. give me that. Hit me with that. And I feel like Faces of Grief, again, you know, if they would have scaled back the thesaurus, you know what I'm saying? It would have been it would have been an even uh, uh, bigger hit of, you know, that swift buzz of energy that that track gave me. Uh, but, yeah, then going into Old Regime, it felt like like I got, I got a second wind there with how good the lyrics were on, on just on the hook. Like, just giving you yeah. the... the, the putting you in that mode, you know, those fucking lyrics. The old regime, smoke of history, liberty still wafting in the breeze, the new aristocracy just smells like the old regime. Fucking and, um, hits. Yeah. Exactly. And then the lyric, the pre-chorus lyrics where he says, an unabated tendency to tyranny is still in place, and the ancient nobility's complexion differs only in name. And I was like, oh yeah, all right, I get you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and part of me marks out when it goes, yeah, uh, the new astro- the, uh, uh, you know, it just goes, smells like the old regime. Whoa! Like, right. it needs to hit you with the 90s. <laughs> of course. Whoa! Of course. Yeah! <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the nostalgia does, does pay off. I think there's a fucking line in here where they fucking, where they talk about nostalgia, and it was such an eye roll oh. moment. I don't remember which moment that was. Wait, you said it was such a what? Where they talked about nostalgia a little bit, and I forget what what song that was, but I remember being like, uh, like like the lyrics of that one. I remember not being very good. Actually, I, I think I remember not because uh, it was one of those things where it's like this is a band that is clearly banking on nostalgia. <laughs> so yeah, like, that's funny. That so the fact that it started with man, fuck nostalgia. That's just some bullshit that's in your head. I was like, okay. You know what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I can appreciate that they did that. You know? Um, I'm trying to remember which fucking song it was, though. I can't uh, even find it now. I don't know if I just made I, that up. Like, Was it End of His... Because my brain feels like it's End of His... Ah, yes, it was! That was one of the songs I actually... Again, it was a little overwritten. Locks, Burden, uh, Why Did Mother Draw the Curtain? Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> but I did like the first lyrics where it was like, you know, Halcyon days are not a thing. Nostalgia is an excuse for stupidity. I don't believe in golden ages or presidents that put kids in cages. Like, you know, I, like again, it's a bit of clapter, but like it does give you that kind of hit that you need for like what the song is ultimately trying to do right where it's yeah. trying to like make that point of like no no like let's not get because that is a true fucking thing that you know we do as a society like just in general kind of get caught up in right like you know the, oh let's go back to the old days like no the old days weren't great that's what got us here so <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? <laughs> so i can appreciate that uh i can appreciate put, put, pushing that idea in a joint you know what i mean um yeah i thought uh end of history and Age of Unreason were two of the better tracks also. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Can't, oh god, lose your head. Um, <laughs> the fucking weird? structure of this, my god. I ain't superstitious, but hey, do you know a good exorcist? Don't lose your head before you lose your head. Yeah. Dumb. And then the album cover, oh, you see, because... <sighs> Wait, let me explain. <laughs> the fucking, yeah. This is a big pet peeve of mine, and way too many people do it, and it drives me up a wall. The, 
it didn't fit, so I'm just going to throw yeah here. Don't lose your head. <laughs> Before you lose your head, yeah. Like, yeah, right. It always feels talking. like, ah, I was just short one syllable. Do I, am I going to rewrite it? No. Let's just throw a yeah there. That, that's that's good enough. Like, ugh, it's so awkward. I hate when people do that. Yeah, but uh, what was the one like? So, yeah, uh, uh, I, I ain't superstitious, but hey, do you know a good exorcist? Despite darker tendencies, I've always had a strong bias to exist. Uh. And though recent developments seem like bad news for humanity, self-pity is always a case of mistaken identity. Is, is it? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We read these lyrics, and some of them sound like if Mo- if Morrissey was singing them you're, the you're way so right. he sang, <laughs> the way it might be easier to give it a pass. Oh, let me try. Wait. And though recent developments seem bad news for humanity, self-pity is always a case of mistaken identity. Is that, does that make it work a little? Does that make it a little a bit little more powerful? Bit. <laughs> Add a little I, reverb I'll, in I'll there. be honest. A bit. Um... <laughs> How about the lyrics, big cyber weapon, little traitor in chief. What the fuck? He's got a big black dog on a leash. What in the world was that song? God damn. (laughs) That song's trash too. Uh, And then with the way it ends, I'll be right here when I disappear. I'll be right here when I, no no you won't. If you disappear, then you're not here. And what are you going on about? (laughs) I was sitting there because I didn't, I, I was, the first time I listened to that song, I was in the car. So I didn't. I didn't see the name of the song, hmm. so I, I just kept hearing the chorus repeat, and I could hear him say he had something on a leash, and I was like, what is he saying there? And then I look it up, oh, he's got a big black dog on a leash, that's your hook? That's the name of the song? mean? It's, I, like, I'm just saying, man, you could, one could... Right, a very biting, impactful, effective punk album just fucking tearing down everything the Trump presidency has been about. You could. Not even having to go to the fucking easy things of haha small hands or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but little traitor like all oh, this feels right. like fucking late night Stephen Colbert bullshit. Yeah, like, they wrote this the first week of like Trump being declared presidency. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like inauguration night shit. Not three years into the fucking presidency. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? He almost tweeted us to the brink of nuclear war. Nothing on that. Yeah, no lyric about that. <laughs> Nothing about that, huh? Like. He does talk a little bit about, like, being online too much. I think that's what, yeah, big cyber weapon. I'm guessing that's what Big Black Dog is supposed to be about. The reliance on th- on thesaurus, big brain shit, and just nothing lyrics like this, where it's just, like, alluding to something, I guess? Yeah, um... I'm I'm just gonna go to the uh, joints I enjoy later at the end. Uh, I enjoyed uh, downfall uh, for the surf rock melody. You know what I mean? That was going on there. It's never really clear when the end is there till you take a hard look in the rear view. Like I thought that was a you know a a tight opening lyric with a nice opening melody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give you that idea, like you know, it's never clear till the end is near till you look in that rear view mirror. You know, we all know that apocalyptic. You know, looking in the mirror and seeing the explosion in the background. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. So I was like, okay, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Since now, uh, again, a, a bit of clapter, you know, but I at least, like, 
you know, I can, I can at least can enjoy because it, it does have a couple of like biting lyrics in there about how like you know since when are the uh, qualities of wisdom and knowledge uh, equivalent to mere facts online? Since when were the virtues of character and content more than just a popularity game? Uh, and since when was the protocol of rational judgment not the same as Blade? Again, he could have unbig worded these a little bit to make this a little yeah. more clear. <laughs> I also just didn't love the since when. Oh well, you know, you gotta have since, that rallying chorus. <laughs> since when? Like, since when uh, was history just a futile mission? Since when, without a context to reveal? And it's like, I get what you're saying, and I'm on board with it, but I feel like this could have been worded better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would definitely agree. But yeah, again, I, th I thought it was at least one of the better songs because it's like I could understand what he was saying, and I can get on board with it when I, you know. Can on you know what I'm saying? When I can get through that, it's like I enjoy what this is doing. That doesn't necessarily mean that I like it and automatically am on board with it 100%. The album even just like ends on a thud because like for as much as I can, you know, try like uh, as much as I feel like I enjoyed this album more than you did, right? And I can rally for the for the lyrics that I enjoyed because of that, right? By the time you get to the end, I can't even remember any of the uh, lyrics in the last song, "What Tomorrow Brings." Like I legit can't remember what that song was supposed to be about. It was just so fucking ambiguous. And that, again, feels weird for an album that should be trying to fucking, you know, get the people going, you know what I mean? So it's just like... Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with a title like that, after an album like this... Yeah, what well, tomorrow, go, What are you going to say? But not... Yeah, really it could go in one of two directions. It can be, you know, on the very pessimistic, like, we're headed to our own destruction, right. what are we going to do? Or it can be the more... uh maybe a little more hopeful about, you know, what the future might be like. Can we turn this around? Like, the, like the possibilities there. I don't remember which they ended up doing, though, because it was such um, a uh, unmemorable song. Tranquility without conflict, potential free to find, incalculable, downty, randomly decentralized. Oh, these are more than sociological things. They're promises of what tomorrow brings. Cool. I, I, I'm sure that made sense. I'm sure it did. But what? <laughs> like, is anyone listening to this and being "fuck yeah, man"? Right. This is my this is my shit. I don't I don't believe it. It, uh, it feels like it needed a second, uh, you know, a, a once over. It needed a, a second draft to be like, mm, I get what you're saying. You've got to be able to word this in a way that people can understand what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it does end up feeling one of those things like it's proud of itself for being so smart, right? Like, oh, you know. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, oh. mm. Almost audible pats on the back. Right. On Especially album, oh, earlier songs like Sanity. At least oh, I've still got my sanity. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you know? Whatever you say. <laughs> it's sad, I guess, because of like. How much potential this had. Oh, for sure. And it's just wasted, like, didn't do anything with it. Like, you could have done so much, my goodness. I ended up with a two and a half. Uh, I, I ended up giving it a three. I give it that three. Mm -hmm. I Like I said, you know, that's the average, you know what I'm saying? Like, it does yeah. things that are good that you would normally enjoy, but there are there are just as many things keeping it from being things that you can enjoy because 
it just needed some more work around the around well not even the edges just a lot of the core of what th this music was doing like i mean i wasn't expecting a, a band that's been around for like 20 plus years to be speaking so much shit on this album that they ended up doing you know what i'm saying so yeah that is a surprise in and of itself you know but that does not in and of itself a great album make you know you can still have a poppy album with catchy songs, because that's clearly clearly what they were going for here with songs like Do the Paranoid Style. Oh my and god, they so wanted that to be the hit. <laughs> trying to play both sides of the fence and still be angry and lashing out against the against the world and what you're seeing. And prime example of that is American Idiot. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because I was like, okay, it's not like you can't do this. <laughs> you know? And and even, you know, we even still had words when we reviewed that album, right, about how it didn't necessarily, you know, hit as uh, as biting as it could have been with the social commentary, especially with the fucking Bush era, with so much that could have been talked about. It became a more insular story. But you could still, you know, it still has that energy. It still has, like a certain sense of oomph to it, especially with the more, like, out-there tracks like uh, uh, American Idiot, you know what I'm saying? Where it's hitting you and making you feel, you know, what they're, what they're going for and the rage of what they're going through, you know? And, and like I said, System of a Down is always, like, as I listen to this album, every track I listen to just felt like, this feels like System of a Down with less energy. Like, every track. It was like, this would be great in 1993 before we knew who System of a Down was, but we have System of a Down now. <laughs> like, you can't, you gotta step the game up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> with all that, that about wraps up this week's episode of Going Off, and I want to thank you so, so much for spending your time with us here today, listening to our show, requesting the albums that we talked about, I shouted out our Kofi earlier, but if you missed that or forgotten, it's ko-fi.com slash goingoff, G-O-I-N-O-F-F, to request an album to be reviewed on the show. We've got all our other links to our socials in the description. I'm going to keep promoting the fan house until y'all get sick of it, um, because we've been pretty consistent with the uploading new episodes days early. Um with the, I don't know if I mentioned it or if we were cutting it out, but my work schedule is going to get a bit wonky here for the next bit. But um, I'm going to try my best, no promises, that I'm going to try to keep getting the new episodes out ahead of time. We're going to try our best not to miss any steps. Uh, try to keep uh, things as unnoticeable as possible oh, for you. We're going to try to keep on rolling, baby. Uh, still doing my Twitch streams. And, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna be, uh, integrating the Review A New Podcast Patreon into the Rat Critic Patreon now, because, uh, I mean, they, uh, like, the Review A New, you know, uh, Patreon started off, like, individually, because that was something extra that I wanted to do, but, uh, it seems that people, I did a poll and, you know, asked the, uh, you know, patrons if they would, like, hey, do you mind if I just make this, like, one thing, and so, you know, simplify things for me, keep things all in one place, and then it's like, boom, it's just one place where you get all the content and stuff like that, so, yeah, like, that's what I'm, uh, gonna be trying to do going forward into the next month, uh, that's gonna be a big change for me, uh, moving all the review anew new stuff. I mean, I'm gonna keep it there, like, for, for a while, because there's still exclusive content on the review anew new, uh, Patreon, but, like, I'm hoping to, like, as time goes on, port all the exclusive stuff over to the Rap Critic Patreon, and then, going forward, release all my, uh, review anew new episodes from there, so that, like, boom, you're getting the Rap Critic episodes and, uh, the movie review, uh, podcast content that I do. So, you know, 
keeps things simplified for me, streamlined. And if you're a $5 patron on the, you know, Rap Critic Patreon, like, you still get the episodes and exclusive stuff as planned. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so... Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how we're moving forward. Try to do, try to do some new things. Try to keep renovating and innovating. You know what I mean? Until next time, for going off, I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic. A man of action. Like Muscle Brothers. Not brothers. On grand adventures. They pushed me with them. For mayhem. Who's rusty? I'm rusty.